On this episode, I sit down with Kai Fleming, a Central Oregon native who is a professional free runner. You're listening to the Pursuit of Purpose podcast. Wisdom, stories, and advice from successful entrepreneurs and inspirational people. All right, thank you everybody for joining us on another episode of the Pursuit of Purpose. My name is Chris Kiefer, and today I am here with, um, actually at my dinner table, uh, we made a makeshift uh, sound studio here with a Central Oregon native. You are a native to Central Oregon, right? I am. Kai Fleming, who is a professional free runner. I think that's how, what, what you go by, correct? It is. But yeah, Kai, thanks for being here today. Hey, for sure. Glad to, glad to be here. And uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are? Um, well, all right. My name's closer. My name's Kai Fleming. Um, I'm was born and raised in Bend. Uh, I started parkour and free running about five, six years ago, and I've been training ever since. And I'm just so thankful to be in the position that I'm in, and uh, it's pretty awesome. Um, how did you? like first get into free running i i feel like my exposure to parkour is from the office have you seen the yeah episode where they're doing sure. parkour that's about the extent of my <laughs> parkour experience but how did you get into it um so i saw some youtube videos me and my friend from middle school were just watching some random videos on youtube and uh, parkour came up and so we decided to go outside and throw ourselves at the grass hoping that we could learn how to do flips and like the basic movements and the vaults and stuff there's plenty of tutorials on youtube and stuff um, that helped us learn but learning outside definitely wasn't the best idea there's a lot of injuries that happened and whatnot but uh, we all made it through so that's one of the things i was curious when when i was looking at what this are just some of the videos that you've posted now and trying to imagine what that looks like or what that like how do you even practice those yeah so you having did you have any gymnastics or any experience in this before you watched a video and were like let's go do this yeah so before i was a free runner i was gonna i was thinking i was gonna be like a professional gamer so i had no uh athletic background aside from like pe or like in middle school or whatever um i would say nowadays since there's like so many facilities built and gyms for parkour and free running, I would say if you're trying to learn parkour, then the best way to be the best way to learn would be to um, contact a gym. We have one in Bend. It's called Abstract in Motion. A good friend of mine runs it. Uh, so yeah, going to gymnastics facilities that definitely helped me start learning all of the harder skills and the scarier skills, the more mentally challenging skills. Um, as free running is partially physical, yes, but Half the battle is mental, trying to make yourself do these crazy stunts and whatnot. Yeah, so that's one of the things I've thought about is, um, as far as like a backflip, let's say, I I have done a backflip on a trampoline, and then I've like, you know, attempted to jump off of a boat into a water and whatnot. Um, and I feel like most sports actually are significantly mental or a lot more mental than you realize. Um What's an example of something where you had to, uh, like, I don't know, overcome, and maybe it was early on, or maybe you're still having to do this consistently, but when's the first time that you were just like, you couldn't get past the mental barrier of a particular move? Hmm. I would say uh, the first, like, really, uh, the, the first skill I was very fearful of 
would probably be a castaway, which is a trick where you are on a ledge or a bar at your waist and your hands are supporting you. And then you kick your feet back and push off your hands and hope you can do a backflip from it. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of uh, training and stuff that went down in like gymnastics facilities for that. That's a, um, it's a more of an advanced skill. It's something I learned pretty early into my pruning career, per se. Uh, that would probably be the first one that I had like a full mental block on. But like ever since then, it would mainly be like double flips, like double back flip or double side flip, double front flip, that kind of stuff. All of those are like still really scary because they're dangerous, obviously. Um, but they're, you know, they're cool skills and good things to uh, to have in the uh, the old skill book. <laughs> mm -hmm. What is what is the uh, worst accident that you have have had so far? Um, there hasn't been too many, but like two years ago, I almost broke my ankle doing a triple full, which is a backflip with three twists. Um, that was before I started training them and being really good at them. Like, so, uh, the mistake I made, so there's a lot of very safe ways to train parkour and tricking and pruning, um, all these different types of movement. There's very safe ways to do it, but, uh, I didn't really approach this skill in a very safe way. Uh, I learned it on trampoline and it was kind of inconsistent for me on trampoline whether that would be me not getting all of the twists or um, doing the backflip a little too much, getting like flipping a little too much so I would uh, overflip and have to roll out or whatever. Uh, I was filming for Red Bull Art of Motion. I was filming a video submission. It's the biggest competition in free running. Um, typically happens around October. They decided not to do it this year, but they will be doing it again next year. And I'll more than likely submit, but I don't know yet. And so that you were doing, you were submitting a video for Red Bull. Yeah. And that's when so you broke your ankle. I was filming lines. Lines are like choreography and free running where you link a bunch of movements together. Mm. Um, so I was filming lines for my Red Bull Art of Motion submission. And since I wanted to get in, obviously, I was doing like my hardest skills, trying to make, you know, the best lines I could, trying these lines over and over hundreds of times until like I just couldn't move anymore for the rest of the day. Uh, so I was trying to do, uh, a triple full. So it was like jump, it was like jumping from 180 and then landing out backwards and doing a triple full off about a chest height ledge. Uh, and I just under rotated the flip a little bit and my toes touched my shin and that wasn't a very good sign. There was a really loud pop. And then, yeah, I went home after that. I was with a few <laughs> other people, so. And so it ended up being a sprain or something? Uh, it was, I think, I didn't go in and get it checked out, so I don't really know, but it felt like just from my own diag, like, diagnostic, <laughs> like, oh, I don't know that word. What, diagnosis? Whatever. Diagnosis. I almost said diagnostics. That's funny. <laughs> diagnosis. Uh, just from my own diagnosis, I would say it was like a hairline fracture because it took a, like however long to heal, mm. but I don't actually know. And so you're, this was what? couple years ago yeah it's like years ago? two years ago 2016 i think okay and yeah. then no issues now so everything's um, good right well there's obvious there's ankle pains right a lot of ankle pains just from the sport because we're jumping off high stuff mm -hmm. always uh so yeah and do you have any siblings i do i have one one brother and he plays in a metal band okay that plays older or younger older okay I was going to say, so you're, you are the first person to subject your parents to this kind of like yeah. horror from... Uh, my parents were very supportive about it, mm -hmm. very cool with it. Uh, my dad was like really, really good at snowboarding when, yeah, so like he fully understood kind of like what I was doing after I explained it to him and showed him some videos and 
whatnot. Yeah, it was very cool to have very supportive parents about that is what I do. Very, very cool. Um, so one of the uh, we have a listener submitted question from Johnny Kirpin from uh, just from Utah. Did you say? I think he's from Salt Lake. Salt Lake, maybe. Anyways, but Johnny, thank remember. you for the question. Um, his question is. Uh, what first got you started, which I think you kind of touched on, yeah. but was it basically to just dive into that a little bit more? Was it essentially like you're just stumbled across a YouTube video purely by accident? That's pretty much. Yeah. Uh, me and my friend, we just went out and tried to do these skills. I was throwing myself like at the ground, trying to do a front flip, landing on my butt a bunch of times. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I remember the tailbone pains. They were for months and then he also says what kept you going even when uh it was dark and hard to do stuff um so i'm gonna assume he means like it's hard to train in the winter because there's a lot of snow and ice and whatnot in most parts of the u.s uh like mainly what keeps me going is i just do like uh conditioning doing pistol squats and uh just trying to keep my legs and my upper body um, in shape so when I am able to train more and uh, there's like gymnastics gyms and stuff around here that I go and train at uh, so yeah just training as much as I can whenever I can uh, is the main thing but that's uh, one of the things I'm interested by with so and I the way that I had come across you and just in general obviously I live in Redmond Oregon do you live in Redmond or Bend I live in Bend okay so I was looking up the top posts on Instagram mm -hmm. and I don't, I mean, obviously there's probably a few other people, but I would say there's a good chance that right now you're probably like top 10 influencer in Bend or Central Oregon. Is that safe to uh, say? Maybe. I would think so. There's another guy. He drifts like rally cars and stuff. I think his name's Ross. We're going to do a collab at some point. He's got like 10k more followers than me. Okay. And I think that's the highest I've seen in Bend. Of any, not just in that like but in any yeah, space just correct? like in bend in general right, right but obviously i don't know every single influencer in right bend. right but as far as top post that's where i came across you yeah and um i'm curious the once you reach uh, and this is a projection because right now i think i'm at like 400 because for my wife makes fun of me because i had instagram for like five years yeah and i think for those five years i had made a total of 40 posts mm -hmm. i just was not i just was not into it at all never really tried and then about a month ago is when i started getting more serious but my guess is that for the typical um no matter what it is that you're doing there's a part there's a uh, like a, a hump that you have to get over and I'm, I don't know, especially being in high school, is there like a period of time where people are giving you shit about like, oh, well, you think you're going to be like this like professional free runner? Yeah. Or like how did, how did the early days, because once you get, I'm assuming, once you get to like 20 or 30,000, people are kind of like, oh, he's actually doing it now. Mm -hmm. And you have a long way to go, obviously. But you, when was that, what was the early days like? Um, well, I didn't exactly have early days. So I've only been using Instagram for about two years. Um, having this account that I'm running now, which is my main account, um, only having that account for about a year and two months. So the last account I had, uh, I forget the, uh, the, the handle for it. It had something to do with my name as well. But um, so yeah, that account, 
for I think it was because I was using copyrighted music that account got taken got taken down by Instagram. Uh, it had about four point five five thousand followers somewhere in there. Um, that was when I first started seeing growth. But so I had a ton of posts on that account, like two hundred posts, which. I'm not even really mad about like losing my followers and whatnot and having to restart. I'm more upset about not having my progression, so I can't see my progression through parkour and free running. Uh, however, I do have a lot of older YouTube videos that I can look back on and stuff, and some of those have those Instagram posts in them. However, uh, so yeah, when I started this new account, when that account got taken down, I had kind of an idea of how to grow on Instagram, at least with the current algorithm. The algorithm seems to change every like two or three months for some reason because they're trying to perfect it. But every single time they change it, it seems to just keep getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, so yeah, when I got my new account, I already kind of knew how to grow. So from there, um, a good friend of mine shouted me out. He had like 30K at the time. He's like 45K now. Um, shout out Andrew. And uh <laughs> Yeah, so that bumped me up straight up to like 1K again. Um, and from there, I used that to, uh, all right, let me step back a little. So on Instagram, the easiest way to grow is engagement. If you have a lot of engagement on your post, so let's say you have however many followers, like let's say you have 30,000 followers and you're getting a good follower to ratio, like like ratio um, compared to views or however many people like see your post. So if it's having high engagement, then it will be bumped up into the explore feed typically and more people will see it also using the right hashtags helps with that as well um, and that's kind of like the way instagram's always been uh i'll go into more of like what they've been changing lately but so it used to be all about like posting time so i had like a good schedule for me to post every single day and making sure you're consistent with posting really helps with growing on instagram um, posting every single day is the best way to grow on instagram i would say uh, so yeah, like since I was having good engagement because I just got all of these new followers, just like it kind of gave me a boost. So I made that 1k up to like up back right back to where I was to 5k in like maybe a month or two. And then it was kind of a slow period from there until summer came around for like three or four months. And then uh, around summer and that started to come around, I was like 9k was like a slow 4k growth. And then one week I grew when I was in LA. One week I grew 2,500 followers, which is a huge amount, uh, at least for an account my size. And that, uh, like, once I got that growth and I started getting all of those followers in, and I started figuring out like what my niche for running, what what people wanted to see, that really helped me with growing. Um, so just posting a lot, using the right hashtags and all of that kind of stuff. So the, um, the, they're trying to break down what it is you're saying. Basically, like the one of the things that I've been paying attention to or looking at when you're saying the follower to engagement ratio. Yeah. I don't know if this if there's like obviously no one knows what the actual like number that Instagram's looking at, but it seems to be like if you're above ten percent say like you have 40,000 um, followers, mm -hmm. if you're getting close to 4,000 likes um, on a post, yeah, that's like, it seems like regardless of who it is that I see or follow, mm -hmm. the best of the best, if they've got a million, they're getting like 100,000 yeah. like, likes. Or if they've got 40,000, they're getting about 4,000. If they got 1,000, 
they're getting a hundred. Right. Is that does that um, seem to be like in line with what you've seen or or? Yeah, that's about what I've seen. I've seen a lot of like really big accounts just like start going under because of how Instagram's algorithm is lately. So how Instagram used to be is they it was a lot like Twitter um, when you had like the new like newest posts. So it would always show you the new posts like every single time you log on. So if you had a consistent posting schedule, then people could keep going back to your account knowing when you're gonna post every single day. Um, however, lately they've changed it from always showing the new posts to showing the best posts, at least in their opinion, or their algorithm says. So if all of these posts are getting promoted, then other posts aren't going to be getting promoted. So typically since some people with lower follower counts, um, they will have like higher engagement ratio to followers slash view. I don't exactly know everything, but mm -hmm. like if they have like a better engagement ratio, then typically they'll be bumped up and shown before those bigger creators, the people with like millions of followers and stuff, mm. at least in your feed. Um, the Explore feed's a little bit different, but it's all about getting your posts in all of your audience's feed. And then once it's like in your audience's feed, then it'll start being bumped up to the Explore page and then more people will see it, more people will see it. And yeah, hope gotcha. that answered that. Mm -hmm. um, so the you mentioned that there's a lot of different places online that someone that wants to get into free running can go. Yeah. Um, was there like you started doing this like what four or five years ago? Coming up on six now. So did they did these exist before? I'm assuming that there's more and more happen, happening uh, all the time. So they kind of existed. Um, one of the things that like really helped me learn at first, since I was like. So there's like several generations since like parkour hasn't been around for all that long. There's probably like seven or eight generations of like people that like you can kind of notice like um, how it goes. In every single generation, people have just been progressing faster and faster and the sport's just getting absolutely crazy compared to how it was five years ago. Um, like five years ago, the trick I was talking about earlier, Castaway, that was a really hard trick. But now people are learning it like just several months into training. Anyways, uh, yeah, so back when I first started, there wasn't a lot of resources. There was quite a few tutorials on YouTube and stuff about uh, how to start learning the movement and kind of like what it was. But then even before that, there was like forums and stuff talking about it. So like if you were lucky, you could stumble across a forum. Um, however, nowadays there's tons of gyms, uh, tons of websites that like have paid subscriptions to help you get better and better and better quicker. And then tons of classes and all of these pro athletes are teaching workshops and it's pretty insane how far the sport's come in such a short time. And you said that you're getting into some of this as well. So you're yeah. starting to do some teaching or lessons, mm -hmm. is that correct? Yeah, so uh, I was a guest pro at Woodward last summer. Right before I did that, I was down in San Jose for a tricking gathering, which is just like- And what is Woodward? Woodward is a big facility um, for action sports. So like skateboarding, skiing, snowboarding. Um, there's like, there's several locations, like four or five. I went to Woodward Tahoe, which is in Tahoe, California, next to the Boreal Mountain. And yeah, so they helped me get out there, paid for all my expenses, which was pretty sweet. But right, right before I drove down to Woodward, um, I drove past it and went to San Jose to teach a seminar at a gym called Sessions. Shout out to Shay. He's pretty cool. Um, Shay from, she from Sessions? Yeah, okay. to Shay. Uh, yeah, so they let me teach a seminar there, and uh, 
Yeah, from that seminar for like an hour of work. This is when I first started seeing income. From like an hour of work, I made like 150 bucks, 200 bucks, which was pretty cool. Um, and then Woodward also paid me to go down there, which is pretty sweet. And then um, what are you doing now? So does this, back to you are now creating courses. Are you doing this for yeah, uh, sessions or Woodward or? So there's this, uh, so there's several different forms of movement I personally practice. Um, there's parkour, free running, and tricking. Um, so tricking, it's a form of martial arts. It involves kicks and twists. Uh, it's it's kind of like free running. It's been around longer than free running, and it's more established. Um, so one of the one of the more known trickers in the UK, his name's Sam Kojo. He opened this online thing, uh, like is this this online website to help people learn from the world's best trickers. So he has like 40 of the world's best trickers um, making content for him to be able to teach to people that pay for the subscription service and help them get better quicker. Um, it's relatively cheap, it's like 12 bucks a month. Um, and he's releasing like four or five videos a week. Um, and I'm one of the people that makes content for him now as of like a few weeks ago. And how does that work? Are you in charge of making, like you have to get your own video camera and stuff? Or yeah, does, so, do they like, at a certain point, does he send a videographer to you? Um, it's not like big enough to where he's able to like send stuff, but he does pay me for every single video I make for him. Um, upwards, I can be making like 80 bucks an hour if I'm just pumping out videos. So uh, what I do is I just film with my iPhone 10 and I, I'm probably going to buy a mic soon. And then I film in a local karate dojo here um, that they so generously let me use. And so you do uh, basically just like prop your phone up on a tripod or on the yeah. ground or something and then... Yep, I just put it on a tripod and film a bunch of clips like talking about how the movement works, talking about uh, ways to progress into doing the movement safely, how to learn the movement, and then I also put a, a bunch of examples just like any other tutorial would. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that blows my mind with the with just the iPhone and how good <laughs> yeah. the quality is. I've seen, I don't know if you, do you use any like handheld gim gimbals like the Zion Smooth? Um, my or the friend DJI has one that Osmo. I've used before. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know what one of it is. But you don't even need, because you're basically doing this by yourself, so you just yeah. set it up and then stand in front of the camera um, and do it. Yeah, like the iPhone ten, it's incredibly impressive. Before I was using my iPhone, I was using a Canon T5, an SLR, before I had a nicer phone. Um, so yeah, like the new video that you posted on your Instagram, a few clips of, that mm -hmm. was all filmed on my iPhone. Um, you can make your iPhone footage look even better if you know how to edit and how to color correct and stuff. Um, so I edit everything in Premiere Pro and Adobe After Effects, and it just makes the footage look super nice, and I don't even need a camera right now. I'd love mm -hmm. to upgrade and get like a Sony A7S II, but... But then you're like, then now it's you're a like, videographer instead of a free runner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it just, that's the thing is that there's like a sweet spot that I think as a, regardless of what industry you're in, if you're not in film or like photo, mm -hmm. basically the iPhone is going to be able to go or any smartphone is going to take you far enough that it shouldn't be an excuse as to why it's not working for you for a long yeah, time. exactly. Like, it should last. I, I mean, yeah, it just, to me, there's not really, 
if you're if if someone is saying that the they need a better video camera, it's probably not the video camera. Yeah. Unless exactly. you've got, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers and now you're right. at a place where you, you yeah. know, it's just a different level. But even then like my friends, I've ton I've a lot of friends in LA that have like over hundred hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers. Even then they just use their iPhone just because it looks so good and then they'll like color correct and stuff on a, like a editing app. Mm -hmm. And do you yeah. do you shoot stuff in four K or just ten eighty? Uh when I'm shooting for Instagram, since Instagram has a kind of lackluster compression software. I don't shoot in 4K60, which is like the max your iPhone can shoot or the iPhone 10 can. I don't know about the new one that mm -hmm. just came out. But uh, so typically what I do is I shoot in, uh, for the slow-mo setting, I shoot in 1080-240. Yeah, 1080-240. And then for the normal video, I shoot in 1080-60 just because it helps Instagram compress it better. And then also when I export that video out after I do my color correction and uh, add the slow-mo or you know, whatever I'm doing to that video. I'll also export it in 30 frames just to help Instagram out. Um, their compression software isn't that great. So like if you notice you ever upload a video onto Instagram and then the quality just like looks like trash when you post it, mm -hmm. that's just because Instagram's compression software just isn't all that great. Right. So besides uh, the parkour, free running, and tricking, what do you do? Like, what other hobbies do you have? What What's something that you know the people that follow you may not know about you as far as um, your interests? Well, I'm really good at video games. Just because of before I was free running, that's pretty much all I was doing. Um, something you guys probably obviously would know is that uh, I'm big into videography and photography. Um, you can probably just tell from like my videos on YouTube and whatnot. And aside from that, I don't really do all that much, just trying to manage my social media and whatnot. That's another thing I'm always curious about. So you're at for 35 and a half or so um, thousand followers. How much time uh, do you spend? I guess and there's two things I'm curious, like observing and like digesting content versus just like responding to people that are reaching out to you. Yeah. So I rarely, rarely scroll through my Instagram feed just because if I'm on there, it's typically because I'm responding to DMS or comments as I typically will get like 40 to 50 comments a post every single day. Um, if I so choose to, I try to do my best at it, responding to those comments. And then typically I'll get around a hundred DMS in my request a day and then around 50, just like not in my request, just like from people I know and friends and stuff. And then also my Snapchat, I was, whenever I wake up, I always wake up with around 200 Snapchats, which is just ridiculous. So yeah, typically if I'm on Instagram, I'm replying to comments or DMs, not usually scrolling through my feed unless I'm already done with that and I'm bored. Um, yeah, so I don't really digest very much content. If something's like crazy and something I need to see, typically I'll get a DM to me and I'll see it eventually. So. And so do you, if for the, for someone that wants to reach you is the best way commenting or DMing or um, does it depend on the time of day? <laughs> depends. Like if you're trying to reach me quickly, I would say Snapchat is the best way. My Snapchat's uh, in my Instagram bio. And then I also have like a separate story, like a featured story for you to be able to add me on there. And then the next best way would be DMing me. And so you said you get like 60, is that what you said? Yeah. Like, 60 requests per day? Yeah, like like 60 DMs and then like about 100 requests a day. My oh, requests wow. always say 99 plus because 
Don't get to all of them. I can't. <laughs> and what is so your? Many. That's another thing I'm interested by because, and that's that's the thing that when you start talking about the scale of this, and for someone that has a million, uh, yeah, followers, how like how do you? And I don't know if you've even thought about what's gonna be coming for you, <laughs> but how does Instagram have other? features or software or something to uh, help people with that much because i feel like it would basically just be like a faucet or like a fire hose and you're yeah. like trying to stick a cup in to like get a little bit of water out <laughs> uh, and it's just total luck on who gets responded right. to yeah that's exactly how it is um typically if you need like if you're a business or something and you need to reach out to a bigger content creator typically um when you have a business profile on instagram you can link your email to it and there'll be a link straight to your email so oftentimes if you're really needing to get a hold of that creator, I would say email them. Um, however, if you're just emailing them a question, like let's say they're big in free running, let's say they're like Posh the Boss, which has like 500K and he's a free runner. Um, I would say like don't email him questions about how to do a backflip because then his email also gets flooded just like his DMs. And um, I know Pasha, he's, uh, he's from Lat. He's from Russia somewhere. Lat yeah. it's, it starts Latvia. with a, Latvia. There it is. You know, you know the place. Um, yeah. So he tries his hardest to reply to all of his DMs and stuff, but like obviously you can't get to all of them. Um, and then you just tries, you just have to prioritize. If someone's going to say, "How do I do a backflip?" It's like, okay, that answer is somewhere out there that yeah, he's already answered a million exactly. times. So he probably is focusing on more unique requests or yeah. invitations. When or people whatever. ask me how to do tricks and flips, I always say. Uh, sign up for Kojo's Trick Lab and just give Kojo some more promotion. Right, right. Um, and because you don't, I mean, yeah, if you if you responded to the same, I'm sure you get asked the same question and how do you do that mm -hmm. over and over and over yeah. again anyways. I've answered that tons and tons of times. Right. The same way, every single time. Um, and so the, that's a, well, you kind of, we already talked about strategy. So what opportunities are there for people um, in free running in particular? Uh, and it seems like, is Instagram like, like if you're a free runner in today's world, you basically have to have a following on Instagram or Snapchat if you want to make money, correct? Yeah. Um, it's really, really hard to be a professional free runner and just make money off training free running. There has to be something to come with it. Plenty of people have made clothing brands, um, just name a few, normal brand, Farang, uh, Store, all of those people, they're all very, they all have very successful clothing brands um, in that free running niche that also even appeals to people outside of free running because it's just clothes, like, you know, everyone can wear them if they like the clothing. Uh, it's like, and then another good way to make money in free running is teaching, which is mainly what I do. And then also like opening a gym or it's just extremely hard to make a living being a free runner. However, in tricking, there's a more established thing. It's kind of like ESPN in a way. It's called Adrenaline Worldwide. It's a subscription-based service where you can watch tricking battles, which is like two of the best trickers in the world going head to head, seeing who can do the best tricks and however many passes or combos. Um, and that's a good way for those really, really good triggers to make a living off what they're doing. But that's about all there is, which is kind of an issue. However, I feel like we're going to grow into something a little bigger soon, like in the next 10, 20 years, how skateboarding has. 
mm. which will be pretty cool. And it's basically driven by the number of people that are like interested yeah. in the content anyway. Mm-hmm. So as there's more micro influencers building up the awareness and mm-hmm. teaching, that's just going to trickle down into bigger demand yeah. for some of those more higher priced things, right? A really good uh, example of that is Kyle Skelly or the owner of the clothing brand Plan Zero and the YouTube channel Plan Zero. So he makes uh, just about daily vlogs, like he makes videos every, almost every single day that he puts up on his uh, YouTube channel and he can also monetize that to make money. And then he also has his clothing brand, which is extremely successful. Uh, I think he just hit 100K on YouTube, which is awesome for him. And yeah, so he's making it pretty well as a influencer and tricking, which is pretty sweet. Congrats to him. That's awesome. <clears throat> uh, so you had a vlog. You me speaking of his vlog. Yeah. You tried to do a vlog for yeah. a while. How did um, that? Or how long ago was that? And how did that work? That out? was probably like two years ago, and I was making videos every single day. Um, they weren't very high quality until like the end of the life cycle of the vlog. Um, I ended up quitting vlogging because. For one, I wasn't seeing a lot of growth in it compared to Instagram, so I started moving all of that time I was using to edit videos, like six and seven hours a night to make these videos as best as I could. I started shifting all of that effort into Instagram, trying to make better Instagram content and growing my following on there, and that seems to be what's working for me. And did you ever have anyone, so you were when you did your vlog, you were doing all of that by yourself, correct? Yeah. And even now, you still don't have have you thought about, or is it possible that you'd have someone assisting in creating content for you? Yeah. Um, if I was big enough per se, if I had millions of followers, I'd probably hire someone to help me make content as then they could probably make the content even better. However, I do feel like making all the content myself and producing everything myself is more genuine. It has like more of an, like more of a personal effect when it comes down to it. Um, and that's just something I believe in when it comes to content and myself. People that are trying to get out of creating content too soon, I feel like they're missing out on a big learning opportunity on just like, like you said, uh, and I think you, you, bre- you just breezed past it, but it's a critical thing. You said uh, once you started realizing what your followers wanted to see, yeah and that's another thing where just you have to be paying attention it can't just be like Mm -hmm. you said yeah you started a vlog and then you just power through for a year on a vlog that's not going to do much return (laughs) for you whereas you know just finding out what people want and then doing more of that um there's a good point to make about that actually so when you're a free runner and you're trying to also be a social media influencer at the same time on instagram so the public, they don't exactly know how hard it is to do um, like a double backflip compared to like a front flip on the ground, right? So they're not going to put that into perspective. Obviously, they can probably tell that the double backflip is more of a difficult skill than just the front flip, but that's not exactly what they care about. Um, the free runners, however, and the trickers and all the other movement sports like gymnastics, cheer, etc., um, they'll recognize that and be like, oh, cool, that's a double backflip, that's a hard skill. Um, whereas this other guy's just doing a front flip. However, this other guy doing a front flip might get a ton more views than your double backflip because it's not about, like, if you're trying to grow on Instagram, it's not about trying to pertain to one niche, your free, just your free running niche, because there's not tons and tons of free runners out there. Um, it's about pertaining to everybody. So, like, going back to Pasha, how he grew most of his following, he grew like 100,000 followers in one of these last 
like few months. Um, what he does, he does action sports comedy. So he'll like do a funny trick or land in a funny way. And um, that's something that pertains to everybody. Everybody wants to see this, not just the Freerunners. But he's also a very known name in the Freerunner community and one of the highest up pros. So he does, he's found a niche in uh, basically being funny in yeah. in the world of action. Mm-hmm. What would you say, parkour, free running, and tricking, yeah. all of it? Mm-hmm. He's uh, created his own, like almost his own form of movement in a way, which is really awesome to see how everything's branching out and how it's all working together. What would you so you're talking about his niche? Do you have what would you say yours is right now, or what do you um, like? I'm sure maybe it changes still monthly, yeah. but at this point, or maybe even as of today, what do you feel like there's an opportunity for or that you're interested in? Yeah, uh, right now I'm just trying to make the best con like not the best content, but be the best free runner slash tricker I can be. Um, I'm just trying to up my level in the free running tricking game, so. I'm not exactly working on pertaining to everybody right now. Um, just trying to make a name for myself in free running and tricking, which I've done thus far. Uh, however, I know that once I start getting a little bigger on Instagram, I'm thinking around 50K, I'm going to start trying to pertain to everybody, but still stick to my roots and do all these really hard tricks and all these worlds first and mm. just these ridiculous things I've been doing lately. So are, have you actually done like you've invented new moves or done yeah. things that haven't been um, done before? I've done, I have four world's firsts, never been nuns. Really? And then I have one that was really difficult that me and my friend were racing for, which is, uh, I haven't landed it yet, but whenever I do, if I do soon, it'll be a world second, which is standing double backflip on grass. Me and my friend Nick have been going wow, head and head on that. So <laughs> um, just standing like on the grass, yeah. jump up. Show you a clip later. <laughs> nuts. So you've, you've gotten close, obviously, yeah. you just haven't landed feet no hands on the ground yep um i've landed feet hands but not quite feet no hands and now the the weather is not all that great for training outside and the ground's really hard because it's frozen here in bend so uh or i guess we're in running all you can do is practice indoors and get ready for the outdoor exactly (laughs) unless you're gonna make a trip down to california or something and find a patch of grass i'm down in la like four or five times a year so um so that that actually ties in perfectly. What is the most difficult move that you have done? Um, there's two. So one is a world's first. No one else has done it still. It's been like maybe six months, which is wall triple full. So it's a backflip off the wall with three twists, which um, most people are struggling with doing wall double full. Like that's like an, like a higher skill move. And since I practice tricking and free running, so uh, trickers, they do a lot of these hard tricks. So what they do is they just do things flat, on the, like just flat ground. So using my knowledge from tricking and how twisting and flipping works, um, I was able to put that into my free running and uh, make this skill possible for me. And so I'm going to dive into that or trying to describe, I'm trying to paint a picture of that for people that are not uh, free runners. Yeah. You're saying that you like run up the wall, Mm -hmm. do a backflip. And then while you're backflipping, you spin around three times. Yeah. And then I also only did it with one step on the wall, which adds an extra level of difficulty. Uh, so it's a backflip. And then while I'm doing the backflip, I'm doing three twists. Um, if you're a snowboarder, I think it's technically cork 14, but I'm not sure on that. <laughs> and that's three full, like, 180-degree yeah. twists, like, about yeah. your head, basically. So it's, 
one. So if you look at it like a graph, uh -huh. it's one backflip like on a, on the y axis, and then and then, then it's three rotations on like the x axis. Wow. Okay, that's crazy. That's nuts. So and you so you did this, and you were the world's first to do that. Yeah. But have you? Can you just like bust this out? Like no. Or so uh, you did. You were like working super hard, got it, and then have well, you done it since? I haven't done it since, but I wouldn't say I worked that hard for it because mm. I kind of was just like at my friend's house and I was just hanging out. And then my friend, like we left to go train at a local spot um, that we always train at um, with a really good slant wall, which helps you do flips off walls. It helps you like get the traction on the wall to get more height and whatnot. Um, so once I like I got there and I was like just training like wall double full, which is one of the tricks I was pretty good at. And then I like put it in a combo and then I was like, film this. I'm going to try and do wall triple full. <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to try it. And then it took about five or six tries, um, for me to land it. And yeah, that's just how it went that's down. Nuts. However, for another trick I've been working on lately, which is standing double backflip, um, which is extremely difficult. I've had months and months of prep for that and gymnastics gyms and stuff, working in on mats, making sure it's safe to do outside as grass is a lot harder than in a gymnastics facility. Uh, making sure I'm ready for that, doing it into sand. Sand is uh, softer than grass, obviously. So doing it off of low ledges and stuff, just trying to get it ready for flat. Uh, there was one day I went out to Mountain View High School, which has a really nice sand pit for that we always do flips into and the, the school doesn't seem to care which is pretty cool so uh yeah i found a low ledge there that was about like mid shin height knee height and then there's another ledge that was about waist height so i just slowly worked my way down um trying to get it closer and closer to flat ground until i felt confident enough to try it flat and then i had like a foam pad which i completely missed and <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I tried it like down a grass hill onto this foam mat, completely missed the mat, slammed my knees into the grass, and I was like, well, if I'm just going to miss the mat anyway, I may as well try it flat. And then um, that very first attempt on flat ground, so this is like over the course of eight hours of training that, that day, um, which is just completely exhausting. Uh, after I tried it on the like complete flat ground, that very first attempt I did was been my closest sense where I hit my feet and then I almost stayed on them. And then I, uh, my chest was just a little too far forward and it made my center of gravity and my weight shift forward. And I put my hands down and I was like right there. But, mm. and how long ago uh, was that? That was like two or three months ago, I think. So you're, you definitely should have completed this by springtime. Yeah. Right when it's springtime, mm -hmm. that's when you have the opportunity again. For sure. What would you say the ideal body type is for someone that's getting into this? There's like pros and cons and stuff, obviously. So the gym owner here, his name is Eric Corrales. He runs Abstract in Motion. Shout out to AIM. Um, if you're a local and you want to learn parkour, obviously go there. And plug him real quick. Uh, so me and him, we have practically opposite body types. So I'm kind of like lengthy, like more lengthy, more tall um, compared to him, whereas he's more short and stocky. Uh, However, he can do every like just about everything I can do, um, flips wise, as he's been you know he's been training it and working on it. There's not exactly I wouldn't say there's an ideal body type. There is like ideal body types for being good at twisting, and then ideal body types for being good at flips. Like something I'm better at Eric or better than Eric at is twisting. However, when it comes to the more parkour side, when you're doing like jumps across like you know these huge gaps like 10, 15 feet, 
Um, Eric can do like a running 20 foot jump, whereas I can't quite get that. However, I have more uh, aerodynamicy with how my uh, body type works when it comes to flipping. Mm. Um, yeah, because I'm six foot six, so I feel like there's got to be like what would my, what would the I, the long jump would be? I would be good at, but <laughs> yeah. but probably not the twisting um, or flipping. well. There's this tricker. His name is Slava. He's Russian. He is six foot five, and he's one of the best triggers in the world. And wow. he's really, really good at flipping. So anything's possible. It's just all about how dedicated you are to right. Uh, is learning he very? Is he very thin? He's actually like built. Oh really? Yeah. I was gonna say. I, I was wondering if the obviously strength is important, but that like, what are there very many like really like. Is there a point where strength becomes a disadvantage if you're too bulky? Uh, yeah. So there's certain types of muscle building that um, if you're training, if you're going to be working out your muscles, which it's not exactly required for free running, um, just training a lot helps. Like just repping out flips and like doing going out and doing like 50 backflips is a really good workout for your legs when it comes to free running because you're working those muscles you're going to be using a lot. However, uh, when you're trying to actually build muscle for pruning, trying to build your power up, like if you're going to be working out for it, um, you're, tr you want to be trying to build really lean muscle, um, really dense muscle, not exactly very bulky muscle. Um, that's why you'll see a lot of body types of like the best pruners, uh, their legs like, like huge, but like their torsos are a little smaller. However, they still have all of this ridiculous arm strength. Mm. Um, it's just, all about trying to build really lean muscle when you're trying to build muscle for pruning because you're trying to be trying to stay small in a way, but you're right. trying to also be really strong. And flexibility is big, yeah. I'm assuming. Flexibility is important, especially in tricking, because tricking is martial arts based. There's a lot of kicks, um, you know, like there's a lot of hip flexibility that is required to get out some of the skills, make some of the skills be possible for you. Um, so flexibility is way more important in tricking than it is free running per se. However, flexibility in both will uh, it unlocks just like a whole like plethora of new skills you can do and variations for flips and all of that kind of stuff, which that is super sense. cool. So my wife's a physical therapist, and one of the things that I've kind of through osmosis have absorbed or absorbed or learned from her, she she's talked about the vestibular system. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's have you ever heard of that I or not. You know what it is. And I'm I'm not so I'm gonna do my best to describe this. But basically, in your ear, as humans, we have two different primary ways that we are able to like figure out like our orientation in space. Yeah. So like when you, I don't know if you've gone to any of those like uh, like weird, um, what are they called? Like crazy houses where like the walls mm -hmm. are slanted and it kind of yeah. like throws you off. So your eyes are one big part that allow you to, you know, see if you're upright or whatnot, but then your ear is another part and you're, mm -hmm. you have a system in your ear to do that. But if you're, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm curious, do you ever, aside from like the technical terms of how you are able to like not get nauseous or dizzy mm -hmm. or whatever, which is all a result of your vestibular system being like agitated. Yeah. Do you work on stuff to like, like I'm thinking if I spun around super fast three times, just in like yeah. in a circle, I would probably be like, Whoa, like it just, it would throw you off. Mm -hmm. I like roller coasters, but 
if I was doing, like I've seen some of the, and I think you mentioned it was like combos where you're going from one flip into another yeah. and twisting and jumping off and multiple things in a row. Mm-hmm. I feel like at the end of that, I would just be like, have to stand yeah. for a second and like re- gather myself. So us free runners and trickers and gymnasts, we call that air awareness, right? So being aware of where you are in the air, um, knowing how to do this properly, typically with your eyes. Um, I don't know if the vestibular system would have anything to do with it as I don't know much about it. However, um, we use this technique, it's called spotting. So uh, let's say I'm doing a back full, which is a back flip with a full twist, right? Um, if you had no prior training, like if you weren't working on a lot of skills, doing a lot of flips beforehand, which that's like an intermediate level skill, something you'd be learning a little bit more down the road in your training. Um, if I had been trying that without having any prior like flipping skill, then it would disorient me a lot. However, as I've been practicing this, uh, technique called spotting, I'll explain a little bit more about it in a minute, but, um, it kind of helps you develop in a way like a resistance to that nausea feeling and that dizzy feeling. So what spotting is pretty much is, so if you're doing a backflip with a full twist, right, you'll set up for your backflip, you'll start jumping off the ground, making that backflip rotation. Um, as you come over, uh, whatever shoulder you twist towards, personally, I twist over twist towards my left side, which uh, is technically right hand twisting, which is what 80% of trickers, that was what it looks like, do. So what we'll do is, as we come off the ground, we'll find, so we come over, we'll find the ground, and then as soon as we know where the ground is, that will help us um, figure out where we are in the air. So once you know where you are in the air, then you can do the next step to complete the skill, which for back full would be wrapping your arm over and finishing the full twist, um, as well as doing the flip. So when you're doing a, a back full per se, which is one of the tricks I specialize in per se, um, you will jump, you'll spot the ground, you'll wrap in for the rest of your twist and flip, pulling your arms in and your knees in so you can generate that uh, momentum to help you get over your head and whatnot. And then as quick as you can, you try and find the ground again so you know exactly where you are. However, there are uh, sometimes when you're doing tricks like you're mid-combo and you uh, have that disoriented like feeling or that dizzy feeling. I wouldn't say I really feel nauseous from doing tricks, but I do get dizzy for sure. Um, where you'll completely like lose where you are and then you'll have to like bail out of it somehow and try and figure out like, am I going to land on my head or, uh, where's the ground at? And then like, as soon as you find the ground, you're like, okay, I know how to bail out of this because, um, you've been training it, you know, uh, you know, all of those types of things. That's, I feel like I'm just like way out of my league. I'm going to have to stick to the backflip off the boat into the water. Yeah. Well, even in backflip, <laughs> so backflip. Um, which is one of the easiest skills um, in free running when it comes to flips. So like even in backflip with your spotting technique, typically if you're trying to do a clean, good backflip, you'll be looking straight in front of you, um, finding an object, spotting that object as you come up, watching it, and that'll keep your, keep your head up, which will keep your chest up, which will help you get more height. And so when you tuck around, you look immediately back for the ground and then you know exactly where you are, which the exact same thing would transfer to water. So you're not doing, so you're not over flipping or whatever. Mm. You come around, you look for the ground and then you slowly pull your body over into the water. Which so makes when it you safer. do it like a double backflip or, uh, you said it was a, a back, what was the back three twists? What was uh, that called? Back triple full. So the back triple full is that like, do you even, I feel like you're 
twisting and spinning so much that you like don't even worry about where the ground yeah. is until you're like on the third twist. Yeah. And then you're like, okay. Um, there's like, so when you're developing air awareness, one of the things that really helps with developing air awareness is doing flips on trampoline, especially for double flips and like triple twists, double twists, that type of stuff. Um, so when you're first learning how to like do a double twisting backflip, typically what you'll do is you'll do your backflip 360, which is something you should have already mastered before you're working on the back double full, which is, you know, like the higher skill. So what you'll do is you'll do your spotting technique. You'll spot the ground, you'll come over, you'll spot the ground again, and then you'll try and add that twist, which makes it a lot safer to learn. Um, and it kind of helps you develop the air awareness. However, once you've mastered the skill and you kind of know how it feels to do the skill, um, you can kind of just like set, you know, start doing your backflip and then wrap over and then for your twist and then you'll be spinning really fast but uh you can kind of just feel it out and kind of just know when to open up which is what i personally do in like triple folds and uh like double backflips however like double backflips there's like more of a spotting technique because um a backflip isn't a blind skill uh mm. as you come over your head you're able to see the ground whereas when you're doing a front flip as you come over your head you're not able to see the ground as the back of your head is facing the ground right, right. you don't have eyes back there mm -hmm. uh so yeah, like double back, you can do the backflip, and then I've seen a lot of people actually even do a backflip, and then they'll spot the ground out of their backflip, and then they'll hold their tuck and do another backflip and spot it again. Personally, what I do is I just throw my rotation as fast as I can and kind of figure it out when I'm in the air, because <laughs> it's just uh, That's the way to do it. Just the way I've developed to do the skill. It's just personal preference. So what is at this point? You are 18 years old, correct? Yeah. What is success? like look like for you what's the what's the end game in in this in free running yeah or, or just I mean, in, life? in your life like what do you what is this at and just from my own experience i'm 28 now yeah um my i've evolved over time mm -hmm. where i'm going what what it, my goals are but i'm just curious what is the like what do you feel like the ultimate successes for you in life yeah as of right now well this is gonna sound really cliche but obviously happiness that's the biggest success uh like in my opinion however um i have several goals that will help me get to the place where i want to be in life um which one of those goals right now is making history and free running which i've started doing but um i have more harder skills that i'm working up to that um have also never been done trying to push the limits of our sport trying to make my name and be a really big known free runner, which I think would be really cool. Um, and yeah, aside from that, I don't really have any uh, goals and aspirations uh, as far as free running goes. Um, I think after I do this period of trying to do these extremely hard skills and after that, I'm going to start trying to slow down and focus on more of a career-based mindset. Um, however, right now I'm just focusing on free running while I'm still young and my body is working properly when you say career-based mindset what do you mean by that um focusing on how to make more money with this because uh, right now i'm making like uh 200 bucks a week from it which isn't really enough to support myself right um are you do you have another job as well uh yeah uh before winter hit i was working at river's edge golf course mm. managing guest services okay yeah because i was that's the it sounds i mean i i think what you're saying makes sense basically you're realizing and acknowledging that step one is you've got to get really freaking good yeah at free running and then i would i mean even 
when, if you can do that, opportunities will present themselves mm -hmm. on their own. So that's the, the primary goal right now yeah. is just working out, working and on new things, pushing yourself and whatnot. Opportunities have already presented themselves. Uh, I'm on a pro team for parkour now, which they seem to like to sponsor a lot of the events I go to. Um, they're called Intrepid. They're out of Austin, Texas. And uh, so um, they help a lot with that kind of stuff as they run a very successful gym in Austin called Tumble Tech and Intrepid. It's like two sides. It's like a tumbling side and, or like a gymnastic side and like a parkour freeing side, which is really cool. Uh, I was down there just the other month to uh, judge a parkour competition, which is pretty cool. She got paid for. Um, pretty awesome experience. Got to meet some other pro athletes and hang out with a lot of my friends that I know from there. Um, but yeah, I'm just mainly trying to realize, like trying to figure out what the best way for me to be a pro athlete is. Right now, what I'm thinking is um, a good friend of mine, his name is Dominic or Dominique Lewis. What he mainly does is teaches workshops and seminars to make uh, his money. So to, you know, make it through. And so what I'm thinking is uh, that'll be the next path I take, which I'll mainly just be traveling the U.S. for most of the year, trying to um, teach workshops and seminars, trying to make my name, uh, trying, trying to make my name present and trying to make um, everything come together and work out. Do you, um, one of the things that for me personally has been very, uh, valuable or had just a positive impact on the way that I think and approach in, in business and whatnot. Do you have, do you read many books or listen to podcasts? I do or not. Not at all? At all. Typically I'm spending my time either training, doing social media or sleeping. <laughs> That's do you My listen? Life. Do you you don't listen to audiobooks or anything? No. Um, yeah, because I I am a, the worst reader. Like, <laughs> my eyes, I am so slow. Yeah. But I uh, and I in my job, I do a lot of driving, so that's where I got into it. But mm -hmm. if you can find good, like I I read basically almost all nonfiction. Yeah. Um, I can't I can't handle fiction. Um, but anyways, yeah. There there are several books that I've and I'm I guess I'm curious from the um, mental side of what you have to accomplish to be that good, it seems like there would be some really interesting um, overlap with like, the, like Tim Ferriss has interviewed some really mm -hmm. interesting people that are mentally at the top of their game in random mm -hmm. industries and sports and whatnot. Um, but anyways, I'm just curious if that's something that you've dabbled in. I have not. Um, however, I can prolong this a little bit um when it comes to uh tricking and free running um there's a it's a lot about mindset and how you're going into your your training session um so on coaches trick lab going back to that they have like over 100 videos talking about just mindset and like how you should approach sessions how you should approach tricks um how you should approach you know like anything that has to do with our sport um which that is kind of like an audiobook which is something i do listen to However, it's not exactly a book because it's just a video of a pro athlete talking to me um, about you know how they approach whatever they're doing. That's about as close as I can get to podcasting. Yeah, and I think stuff. that's well to me. That's the biggest thing that um, yeah, it's to, it's either I feel like a big indicator of success for a lot of people that I've talked to 
there's obviously some raw talent and, and you definitely I definitely don't want to undervalue the importance of basically just going out and doing mm-hmm. which is what you're doing like, yeah I think that's that there are so many people that will read or watch videos mm-hmm. on like what would have happened if you guys would have stayed inside for 12 <laughs> yeah. hours on the first day and just continue to watch parkour exactly. videos instead of going out and being like let's um, try and do a backflip right that's now one of the biggest things so I get a lot of DMs asking me about tips for flips and how to do them better and uh, like and whatnot like people listen to me videos and be like what am I doing wrong in my cork or my backflip or front flip or whatever you know whatever skill they're working on. Um, or how can I progress this up to a harder version of this skill? Like how can I progress my backflip into a double backflip or how can I progress my back full into a back double full? Um, typically what I'll say is, have you tried it? <laughs> Oftentimes they say no. And I'm saying, then I say, well, go out and try it 50 times and I'm sure you'll figure it out. Um, if you need more guidance, then there's plenty of tutorials or you can come back and ask me. Yeah, no, I think, uh, that's the action there's very few things that can replace just reps and yeah. swings and action and all that that's so. a big thing that i focus on when i'm teaching workshops and coaching kids um a big thing i would uh, emphasize is repetition so not just doing your backflip one time right when you first learn it but obviously safely trying to do it 20 times that day because that will help you get over the mental fear because your body is becoming more familiar with how the movement's working and it will also uh, just help you like gain more strength in your legs, and it'll make you more confident as a free runner doing that trick. Mm. And this is a question because I'm a big movie guy. What do you have a favorite movie? Uh, that's a hard one. There's so many movies. Um, the re- the way I like approaching this is if you if someone was like, and this doesn't mean that it's like the best critically acclaimed. It's yeah. Just in your opinion. If you were to give someone, like, they were only allowed to watch one movie in their entire life, like, this is the movie you have to watch. Well, I would probably make it more comedic than the best movie. I'd probably say something like Ice Age 2. Mm. And hopefully they haven't seen Ice Age 1 yet, just so it makes no sense. Right. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Um, The last thing, I don't know if you, I haven't done this before, but this could be interesting. Do you want to just answer, like, you mentioned you get a lot of DMs that are the same type of thing. Yeah. Do you want to just like, all right, here are the top five questions that I get asked all, all the right. time. So yeah, I'm going to answer them that, once actually. and for all. And then we'll just make this its own clip. That's like, if you're going to ask me any of these questions or don't ask me a question until you watch this video. Because- yeah. Um. All right. One of the big ones is about me. Um, I'm 18 years old. I am 5'9 and I weigh 140 pounds. That's a big thing that... Uh, a lot of people ask um, how to be better at backflips. Um, it's all about chest positioning. If your chest is in the right position, then you'll be getting more height. Um, your body typically follows your head. Well, your body follows your chest. Your chest follows your shoulders, and your shoulders follow your head. So if you keep your head forward, you'll get more height. If you throw it back, you'll whip over the rotation faster. Just something you need to play with, and that will make you better at that flip or skill. Um, how did I get so good at flips? That's a big one. Um, kind of, kind of sounds, uh, I don't know. I can't think of the word right now. Anyway, how do you get so good at flips? Um, repetition, doing it tons and tons of times until I think it looks exactly how I pictured how it would look in my head. Mm. Um, when you, to dive into that, do you, 
Do you find value in doing it, recording yourself, watching, and then yeah. redoing it? That's like, a, is the, that's is that another huge? big one. Yeah. Um, another big way, like another way to get really good, like really fast, is filming yourself always. Just constantly filming yourself, constantly studying your tech, and constantly tech as in technique, and constantly studying other people's technique. So um, you can figure out, like, let's say you're not landing a skill. Um, if you have studied their technique, uh, like a, someone that's really good at the skill, typically if you're uh, watching every important part, which typically has to do with the head positioning, the shoulder positioning, and the hip positioning, um, if you're watching every single part and uh, comparing it, then oftentimes you will see exactly what you're doing wrong, and you can usually just self-coach and just figure out uh, how to fix the skill, how to make it better for you. And I'll always, everyone like has different body types and stuff. So when you're studying an athlete, I would say try and find one that has a close body type to you. Also, uh, just trying a bunch of things, just doing it tons and tons of times um, on a soft, like something soft, even if you're not landing it, um, that'll make you better at the skill. Awesome. And is there any other, or is that, I think that was four or five? Um, is it five? I think that's four. Is there another one that's coming to mind? Um, no, not really. I think, yeah. Um, I'll just, one more thing about getting better at flipping. Um, if you're a free runner or a tricker, you'll know this term. Drill your setups. Setups are things that uh, put you like, they, like a cartwheel. How you would do a cartwheel or a round off to set you up into a backflip. Drill your setups. Don't overlook them. Um, they're the most important part of the skill, typically. If you have a bad setup, then the skill coming out of it will also not be very great. Mm. So when you say drill your setups, you just mean like you got to be yeah. so good at that. Otherwise, yeah. you can't even get to the next more advanced mm -hmm. move. Exactly. So you can't really do the trick coming out of the setup, mm -hmm. the thing that's setting you up into the trick, if your setup itself isn't all that great. Mm. Makes sense. Awesome. Well, Kai Fleming, uh, Instagram is Kai.Flamingo, Flamingo, yep. right? There you go. Is that, that's how I should that's, ask you. That's, that's, that's uh, a tattoo. And that is a nickname that, where did that come from? Um, all right. I was at this big free running jam in Colorado, which is just a bunch of free runners coming together. Um, it's called uh, Jump Fest. It lasts for a week. And I was hanging out with some of my friends uh, in my other friend's van that he converted into a living space. And... Uh, my friend that I drove there with from Oregon, he lives in Eugene. His name's Dominic. Shout out Dominic. Um, yeah, we drove all the way to Colorado, just like 22 hours. And then we were chilling at Jump Fest and we had a bunch of people in the van and we were talking and uh, chatting. And uh, someone randomly said, uh, Flamingo. And I was like, that's a new Instagram handle. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. Yep. I, I thought it was super clever. And for a while, I thought your name was Kai Flamingo. Yeah. It's like, but it's Fleming O, yeah. right? I and spell Flamingo two wrong. Or just one M. One M. One M. I spell okay. uh, Flamingo wrong on purpose as it's a pun off my last right, name. Right, right, right. So it's Kai.Fleming, F E L M I N G O. So Kai.Flamingo. Yep. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you everyone for joining us on the Pursuit of Purpose podcast. Find the podcast on Instagram at pursuitofpurpose.pod. Um, and you can also uh, visit the website chriskiefer.net um, for a full list of episodes and some other articles and things that I post. 
Don't forget to check the show notes for links and other articles or materials that were mentioned in the show. And thank you very much for your attention. You're listening to the Pursuit of Purpose podcast. Wisdom, stories, and advice from successful entrepreneurs and inspirational people.